evening or good morning or good afternoon or happy Christmas, depending on when you're listening to this. Uh, this is the Repertoire Happy Hour. Uh, my name is Keith Kelly, and every month I welcome bands people from around the world to join me to talk about beer and bands. Uh, and this month's program is all about travel and exploration. Um, I have recently started working with a new travel company, uh, Kaleidoscope Adventures, based out of Florida. And I thought tonight would be a really good time to maybe talk about travel. Everyone's itching to get back on planes, itching to start exploring the world and going to see people that they haven't seen in a long time. So what what better thing to talk about tonight? And, and Band is so linked with travel as well. And, and my guests tonight can speak to that, I think, as well. So. Uh, let me get let me get started with our introductions first tonight. I'd like to introduce Jason Noble. Uh, Jason actually m- met myself. Uh, we we met on one of his band trips when he was over here in Ireland. Uh, D- Jason is the director of bands at Scarsdale High School, New York, and conductor of the Columbia University Wind Ensemble. Jason, how are you? Doing great, Keith. It's good to see you. Um, <laughs> I, I miss traveling so much. Um, my, my last tour before the pandemic was to Ireland, and uh, it was very memorable and uh, just so happy to be here tonight. So looking forward to doing this again. <laughs> Definitely. And I w- really want to talk to you about sort of your your band's trips because they, they are... They are spectacular and there's a lot of work that goes into them too. So I definitely want to pick your brains a little bit on that tonight as well. Sure, uh, sure. The next guest that I have, um, I know Jason has actually traveled to uh, see, see him on one of his tours and that's John Lynch. Uh, John, how are you? I'm doing great, Keith. Hi, it's uh, great to be here. Um, I've been doing a lot of traveling and I'm actually happy to be settling in a little bit. I just moved back to the United States from living in Australia for seven years. so. Uh, it's nice to be home for a while. <laughs> and, and John is the former director of bands at the University of Georgia and at the and later then at the Sydney Conservatorium of Music in Australia as well. Now, I, I normally introduce my next guest first, but tonight <laughs> I wanted to introduce her last because I have a, I, I have a video file all lined up for this introduction tonight. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Hail to the chief. <laughs> we have president-elect, soon to be in 24 hours, the president of the Association of Concert Bands, Gail Brechting, also conductor of the West Co- West Michigan Concert Winds as well. Gail, it is uh, with absolute pleasure that I have you here tonight. And I know how hard you have worked as president-elect over the last uh, over the last two years and, and prior to that with your work with the Association of Concert Bands as well. Um, Gail, how are you? I am wonderful. Uh, thank you. Oh, my goodness. I never thought I would have that song in, in with my name. <laughs> so that's super special. I'm very impressed and so glad to be here. Um, Michigan is starting to bloom with beautiful flowers and it's uh, in the it was 51 today. But, you know, warmth wise, it's still not quite there yet, but it's a lot better than the snow we had. So, but I'm doing great. Thank you. I'm really excited about uh, being here tonight. Looking forward to it. And it's been a busy week for you, I imagine, Gail. A very busy week. We've had a lot with, um, it's like, if you you know what, your life has the perfect storm where everything you're working on hits like all in the same five days. I'm sure you've all experienced that. That's what's happening to me right now. So it's a little <laughs> crazy, but I'm really glad to be here tonight, Keith. Thank you. <laughs> Well, we start every repertoire happy hour with a quick roundtable of what we're drinking, and um, I'm 
surprised myself to say that I'm still uh, in 2021. I haven't had an alcoholic beverage yet. Uh, so I am on uh, the Guinness Brewery uh, Pure Brew, which is their non-alcoholic um, uh, lager, and uh, it's sort of a, a white lager. It's 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 really good. Um, actually, I've been really trying to explore all of these non-alcoholic beers and. They're surprisingly great, some of them. Now, I'm, I'm sure five or six years ago that wasn't the case, but they're getting more popular and they're putting real work and, and, uh, uh, and effort into them. And, and this is one of the best ones that I've, that I've had yet. So straight from the Guinness Brewery. Uh, John, what are you drinking tonight? Well, uh, since I just moved to the great state of Wisconsin, I thought I'd bring in a local, uh, local brew, a local IPA. And this is from uh, the Lake Louie Brewing Company. It's called Kiss the Lips. And uh, cool. got, a, got a fun label and uh, whoops, got some local Wisconsin characters on it. <laughs> in, in honor of Keith and I, I'm drinking it out of one of my favorite glasses, a Guinness glass. Now, that is a faux pas in Ireland. Uh, if, you, if you get served... <laughs> Well, probably the other way. The other way around is worse. Oh, right. I'm having Guinness, Guinness in that. any other glass, but a Guinness glass, it's problematic. <laughs> you won't tell. <laughs> Jason, uh, what are you drinking tonight? I decided to do something as a shout out to my home state of Georgia. So I've lived in New York for 17 years, but I grew up in Georgia, and in Georgia we do uh, sweet tea. So we, we make iced tea, but we, we sweeten it. But I do it with Splenda now because I'm trying to be healthy. Um, and uh, since the pandemic started, I've been teaching all my classes with, I, I always have a drink with me and it's uh, a random Broadway show. So today it's uh, cats. So, so I have cats and I'm drinking uh, sweet tea with Splenda with cats. Uh, so I'm also doing the non-alcoholic thing like you, Keith. Uh, so <laughs> that's so bo boring for some people, but but uh, but for me, that's like a little spicy well, for tonight. I hope so. I'm not alone. <laughs> no, no, you're not. <laughs> Gail will always be the rear guard for this. Uh, she hasn't let us down once. You, Gail. Gail, what are you drinking tonight? Well, um, first of all, y'all got to know that I'm a trombone player. And I don't know that trombone players can live their lives without drinking a little bit, at least. So um, I, because it's the travel one, decided I had to think about what have I done when I've traveled somewhere that I really had a new type of beverage or whatever? So this was many years ago in my uh, other life. And I had um, a sailboat and we sailed a lot up because uh, I live right on Lake Michigan. And we went all the way up to Charlevoix, which is up near my hometown of Petoskey, up in the beautiful, beautiful part of northern Michigan. And um, we were sitting out on a little lake that has a beautiful band shell on it called a round lake in Charlevoix. And the and funny that you say, John, that the house that you just bought had something to do with Frank Lloyd Wright because the band shell is designed after a home there in Charlevoix by Frank Lloyd Wright. And oh, so yeah. we're looking at this beautiful band shell and we're all going, what are we gonna have to drink tonight? And it was uh, Bombay Sapphire Gin. And so we were sitting on the, this beautiful sailboat with the stars and looking at this band shell. And so I am sipping on some Bombay Sapphire Gin. Here's a great gin. Yes. Here's Cheers. to Cheers. Here's the band. Yes. And, and, and here's the traveling with those bands. Amen. <laughs> and hi to the person who just said hi from Pennsylvania. So salute hey. to PMEA. <laughs> so if you're in the Global Band Room Facebook group, uh, you may have to approve 
showing your name. Uh, if you're if you're commenting on YouTube or on the Facebook page, your name's going to show up automatically. But if you're on the Facebook group, you have to approve showing your name so that we can say hello, hello back. Um, Hi, Barbara. And Barbara is absolutely there, there, there as well as she always is. Um, so um, tonight's program is all about travel and exploration. And as I normally do, I leave it very vague uh, and I let, allow the guests to really sort of explore what they what, what, what they want to do with that title. Um, really, the, the goal for tonight was to uh, celebrate us being able to maybe get back on those planes soon and and start start traveling again. And what the one thing I did ask all of my guests tonight was to not make a destination based as such. It's the act of actually traveling and exploration. That's what we're going to explore tonight. So as we always do, we'll start with our easy pieces tonight. Um, easy being roughly grade one to grade two. And maybe Jason, maybe we might get started with you tonight, if that's okay. Yeah, sure. Um, so, the, so Keith, when you um, gave us this little assignment, um, as probably many other people that conduct um, advanced high school bands and college bands, it was a little hard for me to start looking for grade one and two pieces because it's not it's not in my wheelhouse. It's not what I usually uh, do. So I spent uh, I spent three days um, scouring the world looking for amazing grade one and two pieces, and I found this gem of a piece by Jennifer Rose. Um, she's a composer. Um, as she's part of this uh, coalition, um, uh, the uh, led by it's led by Dr. Caitlin Bove, um, and it's called uh, And We Were Heard, the collaborative group. And I actually first met Jennifer um, because of John Mackey. He had a booth at the Midwest Convention, and um, he uh, features uh, underrepresented composers, so women, people of color, um, different people that might not be published in the major publishing houses. And um, I met her in 2017. And I just happened to just run across this piece uh, when you gave us this assignment to look for travel-related pieces for grade one and two. And um, there's a piece that she wrote called Metaphysical Travels. And uh, she wrote it during the pandemic. And it's for marimba, adaptable wind ensemble, and fixed media. So you can do this with as few as five players, but you can also do it with a full band. And for me, I thought, oh my gosh, like for as someone who went through all this existential angst during the pandemic, mm -hmm. what a great subject matter. And to do something like metaphysics, I mean, that's, it's, it's philosophy, right? I mean, you're talking about, it's philosophical. So you're explaining the fundamental nature of the world and what it means to be a human and inhabit it. And, and you're doing that very, in a very sophisticated way in a grade one or two piece. Um, gosh, that's really amazing. Um, so I wanted to really highlight that piece tonight. Um, it's, uh, I thought the piece is, was very sophisticated. It captured a great deal of possibilities. And I, I'm kind of a possibilities person. I always like to, I, I like to do a lot of daydreaming and thinking about how things can be. And I did a lot of that during the pandemic when it was at the worst moment in New York City. I mean, I was on First Avenue and, and I looked out the window and I could see really horrible things happening. Um, and I and I kept going to my my comfort place, which was travel, you know, and, and for me, the, the, the idea was I wanted to get back on the road like John and everybody else. Like I wanted to get out and conduct bands and I wanted to do all the stuff that was that, that brought me joy. Um, so when I listen to Jennifer's piece, I hear all of this great percussion and this electroacoustic stuff. It's like EDM, electric electronic dance music. Um, there's a little bit of trap pop, which is like a subtype of hip hop music in it. Um, and it's just not something that I'm hearing a lot of young band composers doing. So it really spoke to me. And I think I sent you uh, the YouTube of the 
the, the premiere performance. So maybe I don't know if you want to share a little bit of it, but it's just I think it's a really cool piece. And if I had a young band, I would be programming this piece right now. <laughs> well, this is uh, Metaphysical Travels by Jennifer Rose. That is such a cool sound for a youth band piece, for a junior band piece. Uh, so different to anything that I've ever heard before for junior bands. Um, I imagine, given the type of music that kids like listening to nowadays, that, that would really speak to young musicians. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's a very cool uh, piece. The the the, ele the electronic uh, sounds on that, Jason, are they pre-programmed? They can... Yeah, there's a um, there's an electroacoustic track um, to which I think is really needed. So that's the fixed media part, um, and I I think this is where John and I are kind of like peas and carrots. Like on this, we both always look for pieces that don't sound like band music. <laughs> so and when I heard this, I was like, ooh, that's cool. It's transparent, and there's all these neat sounds, and it doesn't sound like traditional band music. Um, and 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 that's a thing that I think would give a lot of confidence to you know a young group. And and it's and it's so adaptable. You don't have to do it with the saxophone and with the French horn and whatever. So, um, you know, if you're if you're teaching in a small school and you've got um, different, that's one of the great things. You know, every tragedy like this pandemic has something great to come out of it. And this this flexible instrumentation thing, I think it's beautiful because where I grew up in Georgia, there were a lot of rural schools that they couldn't play. Um, you know, Eric Whitaker's October because they didn't have an oboe. And if you go to festival and you don't have an oboe, you can't do the oboe solo. You won't get a one at festival, you know. Um, it, so now now I think that we're embracing this idea of flexible and adaptable instrumentation. It's a beautiful thing to come out of it. Um, so um, and, and piece like this, uh, there's just so much creativity you can do. Lateral thinking, right brain thinking. Um, and it doesn't, it just sounds so, uh, to me, just very fresh. And and, and mm -hmm. I like the colors. Uh, I, I, I was seeing, I was listening to the piece sort of in Technicolor when I heard it. So, uh, and I think she's, if you go to her page, Jennifer Rose, uh, she's just, all of her, all of her music is really interesting. It just, uh, it's, it's a very fresh flavor. So it's kind of, it's kind of like having, uh, if you, you know, if you eat the same food every day and then all of a sudden you've, you've, you're trying something new and it really hits you, you know, in, in a beautiful way, like, oh gosh, now I'm trying something new and I really like it. So uh, I, I highly recommend it. You're making us hungry, Jason. <laughs> yeah, I know. I started with sweet tea, and now I'm talking about that's the, the only thing that I know how to make is biscuits. That's literally the only thing that I know how to make. So I, that's I always post about that on social media. It's the only thing that so. Southern, Southern roots are showing. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. Southern biscuits and sweet tea. That's it. We'll, we'll have you back for the uh, for the theme of food when we do it, Jason. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
<laughs> so Gail, um, I, maybe let's come to you next on okay. your junior band piece. Okay. Um, I just have fallen in love with the composer for young bands of um, William Owens, um, originally from the Midwest, but he really resides and has taught all his career and retirement in Texas. And uh, I've gotten to know him well um, because of the fact that he was asked by um, my colleagues where I just retired from to write a piece in my honor. And it's going to, I just found out, Keith, you don't even know this. It's going to be premiered uh, in June live, which that's been the big worry is how do we do this? You know? So I'm really excited. And um, being that Michigan in is right along or where we live is along the Lake Michigan coastline. The town that my band is from uh, is called Muskegon, Michigan, just North of me here. And it is a port city. And it is one of the only, um, lakes that comes off of Lake Michigan that is a natural lake, uh, which is called Muskegon Lake. And because we are a truly a port city, when there's big, big storms in November, sometimes you'll see these huge, huge ships come in uh, to that lake and, and be able to anchor there for safety and go back out. It's a beautiful lake. Anyway, we have a lot of um, historic naval ships and things here that have been brought in. And one of them happens to be a World War II submarine titled the Silversides. And the Silversides is what uh, Willie wrote in my honor. Uh, and I was teased all my colleagues that it was because of my hair, you know, but uh, being silver. <laughs> but um, it's going to get premiered. But that is not the one we're doing. I would have done that one for travel. However, it's not premiered yet. So I didn't want to do that. But uh, the one I chose is also about a sailing ship called the Bonfire. And it's called Journey of Bonfire. And the one thing I love about the way Willie writes is that you can always hear within his writing about what the title of the piece is. And when you teach young children or even young teenagers, they need that. They're pretty literal. And so um, I chose this piece called Journey of Bonfire to be on a ship, a sailing ship. So... exciting piece it is and he you know you can tell he taught at this level as well because when you look for music for this level you look for things to use in in teaching you know and you can see there's that all over the place and uh giving the the chance and the trust to your percussionists to do different things which you need to because they're going crazy back there and things of that nature but it also has a really nice melody and there's more to it obviously than what we could hear tonight but um there it is a nice little piece of music and certainly one that has to do with traveling somewhere so, I like the contrast. That. There's some great yeah. contrast. Right. And so, there were like bell things in the, in the um, like ship's bells and, and things like that, that gave it that feel. Kids love that kind of stuff. So, yeah. yeah. 
the yeah. sense of adventure about it as well. And I think that's right. probably a theme that we're going to have across tonight's program is, yeah. is that adventure, that, that sense of, you know, exploration and, uh, you know, um, I know certainly some of your, your choices tonight have a lot of that adventure in it as well, Gail. Yeah, um, do. <laughs> so, John, at this grade level, grade grade one to two, have you done much of this um, level over the years? I know maybe not in recent years, but, but in your career, have you found yourself conducting oh, this level much? I've worked with young honor bands, and it's always a fun challenge. I think for composers, especially, it's it's one of the most difficult things is writing an effective quality piece for a young band. It's really challenging. So um, I applaud, I applaud composers that, that are able to do it skillfully. And uh, yeah, when, um, when you gave us this challenge at first, I thought, Oh, that that'll be a natural cause we all love to, to travel. And uh, even though we haven't been able to, uh, but then uh, when you said it couldn't be destination or you prefer it not be destination oriented, then it became way more challenging. I was like, <laughs> Whoa, okay, that really uh, that adds a bit of, um, of creativity to the project. So uh, I'm glad you, you asked us to do this. So I kind of approached it more about uh, modes of transportation. And uh, this resonates uh, well with me because where I just moved from in Sydney, I lived in a neighborhood where I was right by a commuter train. We had airplanes coming overhead all the time, cars passing by, people walking. It was, you know, a typical city neighborhood in Newtown. And so I was very, very aware of all the modes of transportation that I encountered every day. I commuted by train to work. I didn't have a car. So um, I thought, oh, this might be interesting to approach in terms of uh, ways of getting around. So all the pieces I selected are, have to do with different modes of transportation. Good. Great. Uh, the first piece I picked, uh, this is, it was listed as a grade one, but I'm thinking it's more like a 1.5 or 2 because clarinets do go over the break and it has some challenges with um, uh, increasing tempo. So, uh, but it's, I kind of took it old school with this one. I decided to go with um, a traditional composer that's sort of fallen out of vogue over the last couple of decades, but uh, he was very popular when I was a young band director and when I was in school. And he's also a New York State band director and I'm from New York State. So I wanted to do a little shout out to, um, uh, the late great Elliot Del Borgo, who taught at the Spring School of Music for many years, a very uh, talented composition teacher, and uh, he writes really effectively for band. I think he loves the, loved the band medium and uh, uh, writes really well for all the instruments. And in, in selecting all three of my pieces, I wanted to uh, pick pieces that had great orchestration, where everyone got something interesting to do at all of the levels. Um, I want, including uh, tasteful use of percussion. So uh, definitely uh, keeping them occupied, uh, but not over the top. Um, and also a, a great treatment of the various musical elements. So um, a great harm, interesting harmony, interesting uh, uh, melodies, uh, rhythmic interest, and uh, also formal interest. So anyway, uh, this first piece is entitled Phantom Ship by Elliot Del Borgo. And it sort of describes in sound um, uh, this uh, large uh, imaginary ship coming out of the dense fog and drawing closer and increasing in speed. And so it's, uh, it's a bit of a mysterious sort of uh, atmosphere that he creates. But I like it because it's in a minor mode and it's also in three, four time, and uh, it's quite moody. So uh, let's see if you like it.
Well, there we go. There, that's Phantom Ship, and I think three pieces that we've that we've had there um, for our junior selection are all three very different pieces. Uh, that's a much more mysterious sort of sound. We've had that very adventurous uh, bonfire uh, piece with Gail, and and then something much uh, much different with 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 Jason's selection as well. So, um, thank you all for your for your junior band selections, and I know quite a number of the people that have been responding to the podcast. Um, over the last number of months have been really uh, responding to the junior band selections that we have because we have so many passionate, passionate junior band conductors all over the world. And and many bands, uh, as I point out very regularly, many bands around the, the, the world um, uh, exclusively play uh, junior and intermediate music. and uh, never really have the instrumentation, as Jason mentioned earlier on, never really have the instrumentation to really push into those advanced stages. Um, so hearing mature junior band music is incredibly important and uh, it's it's great to see some of uh, the music that you've selected today um maybe let's work backwards on our intermediate se- selection maybe let's start with john this time uh and uh, and talk about our intermediate so we're in this sort of grade three to grade four range with these selections now yeah okay um but all the pieces that I picked in, in addition to dealing with modes of travel um, sort of more philosophically deal with this idea of impermanence that travel um, sort of signifies. This idea is, is we're not static as people. We're, we're constantly um, evolving, moving forward, and uh, nothing's constant. The only thing that is constant is change. And we've all experienced that this year, right? It's been quite challenging and interesting and difficult many ways but uh we've certainly grown through it we've learned a lot about teaching and about working with ensembles and other people and and we can still connect as humans right through uh the 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 modern technology the marvels of modern technology it's been uh, quite quite magical anyway uh so the second piece that i I picked is by uh, kate nishimura it's called chasing sunlight it's um about a grade three piece it's not very long it's about three minutes but it does a lot in three minutes. It's a very powerful piece, very poignant piece. And uh, I think emotional. I wanted to pick pieces that had emotional content as well as uh, great musical materials. And so I think this does that. And it talks about chasing uh, uh, sunlight is about this idea of driving a car and trying to catch the final rays of sun as it heads toward the west. And for everyone that knows, you know, everyone knows that feeling, uh, trying to get those last rays of sunshine to be getting a beautiful sunset, but driving in your car to do that. And uh, it's a very nice piece. This is a Jason Kassler in the Arizona State University Wind on the
So uh, anyone that listens to the podcast regularly uh, might know that Kate Nishimura was a guest on Global Bandroom last week with her podcast compatriot, Dylan Rook-Maddox, who uh, commented there a few moments ago. I think, hopefully, Dylan, if you're still in the uh, in the chat room, say, say hello again. Uh, Dylan said, hello from Canada. Looking forward to June. Uh, so at the end of June, we'll be doing another Repertoire Happy Hour, uh, focusing all on Canadian music uh, for July 1st. So uh, looking forward to that with Dylan and Kate um so uh yes Kate's music is incredible and it's really yeah. only very recently that I've got to to know uh, some of her music and uh, we had a great conversation about just what I mentioned a few moments ago about that idea of writing mature emotional music uh, at a junior level I think it's incredibly important and Kate had some wonderful thoughts on on that um and uh, the, the, yeah, other really- thing, the other thing about that is that a quality piece of music uh that's not complex can be played by any level of ensemble so that I think it's fantastic that a university wind ensemble playing a beautiful piece that's not technically difficult but really deep and uh, emotionally moving Hi, Dylan. <laughs> um, Gail, let's have your intermediate sec- uh, selection now. Okay. okay, wonderful. And I've got just a couple of things to say as an ACB, soon to be president. Number one, I think the flex music, Jason, like you were discussing, is also going to affect um, people starting community bands, bands that are also rural, that don't have all the instruments. Also, um, what John was saying with um, the kind of music of this beautiful written um, grade one, grade two, that is also something community bands can do in a very, very uh, mature way and, and play it with, you know, the tone quality that, that we're here. When you, when you listen to a piece, you hope that it's being played with a mature sound so that you know what you can do with it. Um, I'm also the new adult director of music for the Blue Lake Fine Arts Camp, which is in my backyard. It's here in Michigan. And um, there are two adult bands that we have. We're going to do it this summer, actually. And there will be campers this summer as well. Um, and so I'm listening to this kind of music for different levels of my adult groups that I, I'm going to get to conduct as well. So these kinds of pieces, like the one you did, Jason, is just, it's just like so cool. But it's something that I'm glad that's finally people are starting to try and not be afraid of. We tend to always lock into the things we've always done, you know. So thank you guys for sharing these. I'm really enjoying them. Well, I kind of went on, John, you were saying you did it on modes of transportation. I did it on things where I've traveled before. Um, and then I tried to find something that had to do with the travel while I was there. And I had the wonderful fortune to not only on my honeymoon, but also later in our lives with our daughter, we uh, traveled throughout Europe. And one of the things we got to do was to go into what is now called, I think, um, a gondola that goes up and down you know, um, big ski resorts and things like this. And we were up in Switzerland and got a chance to be on what used to be called a funicular. And so I decided that I love Alfred Reed's music. It's he too, like El- Elliot Del Borgo, is one of the great, great band composers for wind literature of its time and beginning times of, you know, not just, um, you know, orchestrated things from orchestras, transcriptions, but actually real band literature. So I chose Funiculi Funicula. And it is just one of those songs that every child has learned to sing along to or make up funny words to or, or whatever. But it was originally written because there was a funicular that was done on Mount Vesuvius back in the 1800s. And this song was was written and then used by Strauss. And it is such a pretty piece. So here is Funiculi Funicula.
So that was a very popular piece uh, that we would perform a lot with the army bands over the years and would go down incredibly well at every single concert that we would uh-huh. play, uh, no matter who the audience uh-huh. was, whether it was highbrow, lowbrow, uh, funiculae, funicula was just incredibly popular everywhere uh, that we played. Um, uh, Gail, you have, um, as norm- uh, as you normally do, you have more than the three pieces this this oh. month <laughs> and i thought that because you are uh you know president of the association of contrabands from tomorrow I, I thought we'd give you the four selections so you had another piece by julie Giroux at this level as well yes i do and this um the funiculi is a grade three approximately a grade 3.5 and so for those people that are wondering about that you know and it's a piece that you can pull off and make it sound really really great and it's not you know, some people are so against marches right now. And I think that's sad because mm-hmm. there's so many good things, but it's really not a march. It's a Tarantella. And yeah. you know, if you want to sell it that way, <laughs> you could, you know, if you had to. But um, yes, I need to I need to share this. And thank you, Keith. Good thing I'm your friend from long ago because you're letting me have one extra. Oh, um, I owe you. This one uh, was commissioned by the Association of Contrabands. Interestingly enough, the very first convention I ever went to for them was in... Um, it was out in Arkansas. And um, there, the big thing that ACB was doing, ACB is about 45 years old as an organization, is they decided to start commissioning. And you all know that when a group starts to commission, there's, it becomes a little seri- more serious group because they are finding the funds for that. They're finding composers. They are showing that they things matter to them. And this was the first piece, the way I understand it anyway. And they were discussing it at this convention at the time. And um, they decided to ask a up and coming wind band composer, Julie Giroux, which just makes me laugh at this point because she is no longer up and coming with our, our form of arts, but she is definitely one of our very, very favorites. And so the piece that she did uh, was called Journey Through Orion. And if you know Julie, she really likes all of her crazy um, games, uh, video games and things. I'm too old to know all about that. but. But she loves, loves, loves them. And she said that the one thing that she loved was the, the big Hubble t- telescope and all of the kind of things that had to do with, with uh, uh, outer space and how we could live there and all of that. And this piece is a beautiful piece. It, it was premiered uh, by the band in the next convention, the next year, the Association of Concert Bands Convention Band. And um, it is a lovely piece. I, I bought it right away and did it with my band. And it, it is a nice piece and it has kind of gotten forgotten which is too bad. I wish it has hadn't because it's a lovely, lovely piece of music. So
it's it's certainly one of the examples sometimes julie's uh, background in in movie scoring comes out more than than it does in some of our other pieces and that one uh if you, i was listening to the to, to it earlier on today and there's a real star trek sort of feel star trek motion picture and it's an incredible scoring it's just so magical so um adventurous um you know i mentioned adventure earlier on gail i was actually referring to this piece um yeah. it's a wonderful piece and it's one of julie's pieces i i hadn't uh i hadn't listened to before so, so thank you for suggesting it you could tell she has studied with john williams which she has mm. and uh, you know if you know her stories she's done some study early on in her career with john williams and you can hear it in there very much i also hear some of her bookmarks from japan in there i think that came after this piece but there's a lot of that feel in, in within that. So thanks for letting me share that one because that one is special to our association for sure. Cool. Well, Jason, this might give me a, a good link to talking about your tour here to Ireland because um, uh, back when I was introduced to uh, a, a Jason Noble who was going to bring his band here here to Ireland, um, I was very excited because he was also bringing a rake of famous composers with him as well. And uh, <laughs> Julie Giroux was one of those and, and it was my yeah. first opportunity to really meet her. Um, Jason, let's talk about your tours for a moment because they are different. Um, to to uh, to other tours and, and and anyone that knows me knows that I work in in this industry. Um, your school doesn't so, doesn't focus so much on competition. We talked about this before when I interviewed you. Um, but the tour is you know something that you do every two years and and there's a huge focus. That's that is the focus of the band a lot of the time rather than the competition you told me before. So tell me a little bit about that um, while we're talking about travel today. Yeah, uh, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, it's uh, it's one of our big curricular focuses. Uh, this is with my high school group, with the Scarsdale High School uh, Wind Ensemble, and with my younger symphonic band. Um, it's it's a decision that 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 we sort of made collectively um, 15 years ago when I started there, and it's because the school is a really academically um, sort of a, we call it a pressure cooker kind of school. Like the the students there are very bright and they all want to get into a tier one research university and grades are really important to them. So I changed the entire way that we focus on grades and competition from the very beginning um, when I started there in, in 2007. And um, we decided to, to not do any competition at all. So we don't do, we don't even have a marching band, uh, which is very unusual in the United States. Uh, so we, we started this idea of doing tours um, and, and we, our first one was Austria and the Czech Republic, and, um, it, and, and we just gradually made it bigger and bigger. And eventually we started commissioning composers, and eventually we started hiring guest conductors and guest composers, and it just it, it got bigger and bigger. And, and, by the and eventually we brought the band to Australia, and we, we brought John Mackey with us, and, you know, and then we, and eventually we started, you know, it, it, it just sort of snowballed. And the students were the ones that led that. It wasn't, it wasn't me saying, you know, I just want us to do, you know, I want us to commission and just up the ante every year. Um, the students said, you know, we, we love doing this, and this is motivating us to get better. Um, and it's, it's sort of an intrinsic motivation factor. For us, and uh, the, and it's a, it's something that we look forward to every two years. <laughs> and, and it mo must be said that um, one of the people that I've learned so much from in this industry is someone that you work with regularly, which is Oliver Schofield, an absolute uh, legend in this uh, in this field. 
Um, and someone and KI concerts, um, and I know my company with Kaleidoscope Avengers have absolutely no problem with me saying this. KI concerts do an amazing job, and their focus I mean, the name of the company is KI concerts. Their focus really is on uh, giving a great concert performance and concert opportunity. Um, and uh, you know, he he does a great job, and, and you've organized a lot of your tours through Oliver. Yeah, he's he's incredible. Um, he and I he and I actually met back when I was a in my second year being a band director in Miami, Florida, and uh, Eric Whitaker was running a familiarization tour to to Australia, and he invited a bunch of band directors to go to Australia, and I said, Yeah, I'm I'm twenty something years old. I want to go to Australia. <laughs> so I went to and I knew Eric from when I was at University of Miami when I was a student there because we used to play his music, and I was a student of Gary Green's, and um, and I, I said, Yeah, I'll go, and I met all. And I, I met uh, I met Oliver and, and his husband Michael, and I said, "Oh my God! If I ever have a band that can travel, I want to use Oliver and Michael." And back then, it was called Kingsway, uh, and they were based in Australia. Well, you know, fast forward to a few years later, I, I, I was in a school that could travel, and um, and I said, "I know exactly who I want to use." And I called him and I said, "I don't know if you remember me." He's like, "Of course I remember you," you know. <laughs> You know, <laughs> and I said, I, I want to do this and we're going to do it every two years and it's going to be big and fabulous and glitter and everything. And he was like, of course, of course. And he's like writing everything down. And and he's just amazing. I mean, he's he's just like the Pied Piper. Everybody follows him. And uh, that's what you need. You need a partner in that, you know, that understands you um, and that, that can they can make your dreams become reality. Um, and uh, for for me, I mean, I, for me, Australia was always where I really wanted to take the band. And finally, we got to, we got the chance to go to Sydney when John was at the Sydney Conservatorium. And I was like, I, I know exactly who I want to bring. I know exactly who I want to have guest conduct us. You know, I mean, I, and, and Oliver said, we'll make it happen. You know, like every time I would ask them for something ridiculous, like, um, can you make sure the thread count on the sheets is, you know, this and this? Okay, okay. You know, like, well, and then he'll he'll come back and say, well, you know, uh, maybe we get, let's try, maybe we get 500, not 600. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but he's no, seriously though, he's he's amazing. Um, and that's what you need. You know, anybody who travels, you just need somebody that you really can trust. It's like a family. You're bringing them into your family. Right. Um, and yep. It's the same, you know, I mean, you're, you're, you're trusting somebody to take 85 kids to the other side of the world. And you're, um, you know, so it's, 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 a, it's a family relationship. Um, and, and we've been working together for a long time. So I love Oliver. <laughs> He's great. And as, as I said, like, I mean, working with him as uh, the receptive here in Ireland uh, has just taught me so much because he really does put the, the performing part of the performing tour first. Uh, and, yeah. and you know what? Many tour operators don't do that, and 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 fair play to Oliver. He he does he does a, a great job of of putting that first. So um, I just thought of, I I thought we should make sure that we give Oliver uh, that call out tonight, and, and absolutely hope, he, hope he's keeping well too. So Jason, yeah. um, let's talk about your intermediate piece, though. Yeah. Um, so I, like like John, I, I wanted to pick pieces that evoked some sort of emotion and something that would really challenge every section. Uh, and one composer that I think does such a great job of orchestration and doing writing music that's very intelligent and that can can challenge every section and really is good for not only teaching concepts, but really metaphorical concepts is Jody Blackshaw. Um, yeah. And I was able to work with her when I brought my group to Australia. So it, it's a little bit of a, you know, 
I, I learned about this piece because I was going to play it with my younger band in Australia. And we played it uh, with, uh, this was at the concert where John was our guest conductor. And uh, so my younger band played this piece and John guest conducted John Mackey's uh, Sheltering Sky on the same concert. And after I, I, I learned this piece, Jody's piece, and conducted it with my group, when I had her come in to teach the piece, it changed the whole way that I experienced the piece. And now when I teach the piece, in honor bands, I do this piece all the time with honor bands. So if you ever get me in an honor band, Into the Sun is one of the pieces that I that I program often, because it sounds it doesn't sound like other band music, and it's something that you can even it, it's not it's not it, it's not entirely programmatic. So even though it's about people immigrating to Australia, you can sort of make it about your own journey. And there's an improvisation section in it where you can pick certain people to go out and, and play by the piano. You get to, the tubas get to make this didgeridoo sound with their, with their tubas. I mean, how often does the tuba even get to play a melodic content? You know, I mean, it doesn't happen that often in band music. So um, there's all this beautiful stuff in it. So I picked Into the Sun. It's, uh, it's about a grade level four or so. I mean, in some states, it might be a four and a half or some states, like in, maybe in Texas, it'd be a three and a half. I don't know, <laughs> but it's a beautiful piece of music. And um, it, it was originally published with Brolga. It's an Australian composer and it's in the US, it's distributed through C. Allen Publications. So it's easy to get now in the United States. And it's a six movement piece. And, and what I see it as is, so Jody says, it's a scrapbook of stories told by people on their passage to Australia. Um, so it's people, either free settlers coming in the 1800s, post-World War II immigrants or refugees that were seeking asylum. And it's um, in six sections. So I think of it, the reason I think it's timely now is that um, in, in, our, in our country, in the United States, uh, at the same time that this pandemic was happening, we had this crisis at the border. We had these children that were being separated from their families. And I was thinking, how, how would it have felt you know, if you were a child coming to our country and you were separated from your parents, like this horrible, horrible feeling of loss. And one of her movements in this piece, you experience that. And um, it's called Camps and Confusion. That's the third movement. And I think that's one of the most powerful movements of this piece. Um, and then there's there's a, a section called acculturation. It's a yearning for home. It's where you feel like you want to go back to your home. And for me, it, it, even though, again, the piece is about moving to Australia, it, you can make it about you know just being ripped up and going to a new place. And for me, thinking about being a teacher in the time of this pandemic, it made me feel like, gosh, I'm in a place that I don't want to be right now. You know, I'm teaching on Zoom. I don't know how to teach on Zoom. I don't know how I'm going to teach my conducting class on Zoom. I don't know how to teach woodwind techniques on Zoom. And, and, I, and I kept coming back to this piece. Uh, and I kept coming back to Jody teaching this and saying, just get off the podium, you know, go out there and, and connect with your students. And, you know, I just, and I, I, can, I can imagine her talking to me in Sydney. We, we sat and it was beautiful. It was summer in Sydney while it was snowing in New York. And, and she just had this beautiful connection with my students. So, um, so it's a piece that I think everybody should know, and it's one that I think that people should program, and it's very accessible. It looks like it's not accessible when you first look at it, but if you really dig into it and you look at her website, Jody has all of these teaching materials because she's a teacher first, mm -hmm. and she has all these materials that helps that, that will help you to to teach your band. And I, so so long story short, when I did this in Australia, I had all these students who I had just switched to the bassoon and the French horn and the tuba, and the oboe. Because Scarsdale is not a, it's not a huge school. Like we have one middle school, and and uh, all these kids had just learned these instruments in the ninth grade, and I I threw this piece at them, and they played it in Sydney at the town hall, and it was beautiful, and Jody was a huge part of that because of the way that she wrote this piece. She wasn't afraid to challenge them and let them rise to the occasion. So this is uh, into the sun.
Jodie has an amazing way of creating unique sounds with the band, doesn't she? Um, and the first time I ever met Jodie was actually at um, a, a clinic at, at Midwest. Uh, John, I think you um, I might have might have conducted at that at that clinic as well, actually. Um, but she did this getting off the podium workshop uh, as part of that, and I don't think anyone was really expecting that it at the time. And I remember she got us to move in. In uh, in ways that we weren't hadn't expected when we went to that eight a.m. Uh, clinic that morning, and then she got us to turn to a band director or to a person beside us, uh, and I ended up turning to a, a band director from Texas who was easily six foot nine, and we had to conduct <laughs> in a very uh, close space to each other and embrace each other, and um, just. <laughs> Very Jody Blackshaw. I've I've got to know her a little bit since then, and, and it just seems like a very Jody Blackshaw Blackshaw uh, clinic that morning, <laughs> uh, and just uh, something that really sticks out to me. Um, just a, a a wonderful a wonderful person doing some some incredible work. Um, have you played much? Have you have you been able to program much of Jody's music over the years? It's it's challenging for more for the director, I think, maybe than the students. Would I be right in saying that? I think so. I mean, yeah, go ahead, John. Well, it definitely makes you think outside the box and be very creative. I mean, she creates amazing soundscapes and there's so much uh, individual creativity uh, demanded of the musicians. So as uh, directors, that ability to let go and let the students have some voice and, and saying the shape of the piece, it's uh, really special. I have a question, Jason and John, if you've done her, a lot of her work, I know who she is and I, I've looked at her work often and I'm excited about it because I keep hearing her name over and over again. But my question about Into the Sun, is it possible to do not all of the movements and still feel like you're doing justice to the work? I don't know the piece that well. You can, I, 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 Jody would probably say yes to that because it's, um, I mean, the, the, the problem is that some of the movements, they, they just kind of like, there's a, there's, it's kind of a segue, you know? Um, but I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of a scrapbook. Like she, she, she listed as a, as a scrapbook. They don't really just kind of stop, you know? Um, but I, I mean, that would be a good question to ask her. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, the whole piece all together, I think it's only about maybe 10 and a half minutes when you add yeah. all six movements. So. Yeah, there's, another one, there's another one that's similar. It's called Bella Sun Woman. It's got mm -hmm. uh, I think five movements, but they're sequentially more challenging. And it's for like a beginning band through their evolution mm -hmm. over a year. And uh, it's extremely creative. But can it, be, it can be done by all different levels of bands. It's really fun. Well, I, I'll talk to Jody. I'm just curious to use it with with a, a band to have that many minutes when you only have an hour for some of the things you do with honors groups and stuff. Just curious. I, I just wondered some groups composers say, yes, absolutely. You know, and I'll even sell them separately. And some composers say, Oh no, it, it needs to be all. So that's why I was asking. I, I think for an honor band, Bella Sun woman might work a little bit better because it's shorter. Who knows? Okay. Yeah. Well, no problem. I love both of them. So thank you. <laughs> So we are on to our advanced selections now at this point. Um, and I think we should start with Gail this time, if that's okay. Okay. Um, I am a, uh, also involved with the Sousa Foundation. And so I chose Tales of a Traveler. And it is something that Sousa, which makes me laugh about Sousa, because he wanted so badly to not be known as the March King in this world. He wanted badly to be an opera writer or, you know, a, a writer of, of music of its time. And, 
And I think he felt at that point that it would allow him to be a true, you know, composer and not just someone that writes music for, for a band that has to go from point A to point B. But I have enjoyed using this particular piece on and off. And it is one of, it's a suite that is um, used. And he, he wrote it for many of, you know, many of the tours that Susan is talking about traveling was uh, he did a lot of world tours. And um, this was for his 1910 to 1911 world tour that he wrote. And, and if you've ever done this piece before, there, it, he took pieces that he had done and put it into this suite because he played it, he, it, it, it said in the program notes that it was the second most popular piece he ever played on this tour. It was always asked for. And so the music, obviously, uh, the first one is about music of South Africa. Um, the second one is the grand finale, which is a funny story, too, which I'll tell in a minute after we listen a little bit, because I know Keith was asking that we go ahead and play it and then talk about it. So this is the first movement, the Kafir on the Karoo. to say I, I i haven't had the opportunity over the years uh, um to to really explore Sousa's non-march march music um and you know i, I joked with brian olian when he was on the, the show a couple of months ago that um i, I kind of uh, after being a military musician for 12 years anything that smells like it might be a march i kind of run a mile from um <laughs> And so maybe I need to give Sousa a second chance. Um, but we're going to do an all-March show in July, so hopefully we'll have Brian back for that, and he can convince me. Um, so it's 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 a wonderful piece, though. And uh, well, tell me and tell me more about the, the the suite. How many how many movements are in the suite? There's there's three movements that Sousa put together, and they were three separate works. Talking about putting things together, uh, the second one was when he visited Australia, and uh, it's called the Land of the Golden Fleece is the second movement. And it's about um, adoring the sun and the beauty of the, of the water and the, the gorgeous types of um, things that he saw while he was in Australia. Um, and then the third movement is a march that we all know called Easter Monday on the White House Lawn. But that was originally um, written, oh. I believe, John, and correct me if I am wrong, and I might be, because I know he wrote one, initially was commissioned, I believe, for the queen or the king in, in England. And it was something that wasn't uh, cared for or liked. And so he decided not to do it. And he took that work and turned it into this work called Easter uh, on the White House lawn or Easter That's Monday, right. yeah, yeah. which is what the president had always done for ever in a day, which is the rolling of the Easter eggs with the children, the Sunday or the Monday after Easter. Um, and so he, he took these really lovely, very different works 
and put it into this little suite about traveling because that's what you did a great deal of. You know, it's easy for us to sit here in 2021 and talk about these things and go, well, that's what that was. But think about what he did. When we all travel with our bands, can you imagine what it was like for he and um, Patrick Gilmore to take these bands in those days and travel for a year on a boat and then have to get from place to place and hope that people knew about him ahead of time and how he did that. It's truly unbelievable to me. So, well, I, I, I can I can only say um, that I'm sure that Oliver Schofield, or for that matter, Kaleidoscope Adventures, would have been able to pull it off. Um, <laughs> I, I, I should I should mention that now. But um, actually, speaking of taking bands on those long tours um, at that time, uh, Gail, you've had the you you've had the opportunity to meet Jarlath McNamara yes. Uh, yes. here in Ireland, and Jarlath is a historian for Patrick's Arsenal Gilmore, and has a lot of the notebooks uh, and the the travel uh, 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 manuscripts from all the uh, Gilmore 100 tours and amazing to see his own handwriting on and he planned a lot of that himself like he didn't yeah. have a, a team of people doing that he he planned a lot of it himself yeah. just incredible sort of work uh, and didn't have ever, a tour operator doing it for him and I don't know about you but I'm old enough to have traveled before the internet with bands across the ocean and it was hard because you had to figure out a time when you could talk on the phone to the person in England or, or you know, Europe or, or Australia and to be able to do that and figure out, do you have timpani? And then they're going like, what kind of timpani? I mean, it was, it was really difficult to do compared to today where you can just do, 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 and then they get it when they can get it. So, you know, talk about traveling with big ensembles. It's, uh, it's been a, it, and what a great experience, even then it had to have been amazing. So, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, John, um, let's uh, let's talk about your your uh, advanced piece here, and we're certainly into the sort of category where you are sort of known uh, as as a as a conductor now in the in this more advanced uh, band literature. Well, I mean, I wanted to challenge myself, so I picked a piece that I've never conducted and I'm not that familiar with, but that I really admired and that's on my wish list to do. So I chose uh, Jennifer Higdon's Road Stories. Jennifer Higdon is one of our finest living composers. She's an American, and the piece was composed in 2010, and she writes brilliantly for the Wind Ensemble. And it was recorded by uh, my friend Steve Davis in the Wind Symphony at UMKC, a brilliant group as well. And so that's a recording you're going to hear. But um, it's sort of an allegory for life's journey, and every, every movement is a portrait um, of a portion of that journey using a different medium of transportation. So uh, the first movement is entitled Speed Bike. And it's a very joyful ride. And like if you can imagine riding on a bicycle and twists and turns in a city and then going out to the countryside and and the landscapes you might encounter. And it's uh, very, quite varied. Uh, The second movement is beautiful. It's called a winding tree lane. And it's about uh, slow uh, footfalls along the pathway and just uh, taking in the smells of nature and sounds and being very uh, internal and contemplative. And it, it's a lovely, beautiful movement. It takes time to unfold, and it has some beautiful harmonic surprises. But it's you've got to be very patient. It's it's a lovely movement. And then the last movement is called Light Rails. It's about uh, train transport, but it's this thing that we've experienced on a train where you're looking out the window, and, and uh, the scenery is passing by, and you're catching snippets, but it sort of is a little blurry as well. So it's a bit minimalistic and uh, just sort of uh, rushes along. And uh, so those... Three movements are quite different from one another, and it's it's as you might expect from her. The orchestration is brilliant. The ideas, the materials are, are very well done, 
and it's it's a very challenging piece. So it's it's on my wish list of things to do. I thought maybe though we could just do something a little different, slow it down, and take a little of Winding Tree Lane second movement. So, John, you say that it's on your wish list and that might give us a, a nice opportunity to talk a little bit about what you're doing right now at the moment. So since your big move home from uh, from Sydney uh, um, and you're you're now sort of freelancing and uh, and that's probably the first time that you found yourself freelancing in quite some time. Um, how are you finding it? And uh, when do you think you'll have an opportunity to fulfill some of these wish list pieces? Uh-huh. Well, ask me in six months. I'm still in the midst of the transition, but very excited because I, I love a challenge. And yeah, freelancing is not something I've ever done. I've always taught since I got out of university. Uh, I taught in a school. And so this is a brand new challenge, but I'm having a blast so far. I have a full uh, a full online studio of conducting students uh, from all over the, the world. And that's a lot of fun. Um, I'm going to be doing a lot of guest conducting uh, this coming year when things uh, kind of ease up a bit. And so oh, I've got some other plans. I'm going to be composing some more. I've got a, a big piece in the works. Um, won't reveal that one yet, but that's uh, coming along really nicely. And uh, I have some plans to start several new ensembles. Uh, and those are still um, in, the, in the working stages right now. But I'm very, very excited about the p- potential of these new groups. So we'll, we'll see how that unfolds. But um, yeah, freelancing is a new thing for me. And uh, hopefully it'll all work out. I do miss my students terribly. I miss conducting. But uh, I know I'll be at it uh, in the near future. I'm hoping to have a group that can handle this uh, road stories because it's a dream piece. That I really want to get to conduct it at some point and work on it. That's a, it's a fantastic piece. And thank you for introducing uh, us all to that um, this evening. Um, looking forward to, to getting to know that piece a little bit more. Um, and finally, uh, we have uh, our advanced selection from, from Jason Noble. Yeah, Um First of all, that Jennifer Higdon piece is just gorgeous. I love that too, John. It's uh, that's on, that's on my bucket list too. Uh, so, just such a such an amazing composer, such a national treasure. Um, so the the uh, piece that I picked is is actually one that that I commissioned, um, and it's all of, it's about travel, um, and and uh, it's one that I commissioned when I was taking my group um, also on this Australia tour. 
And uh, the title is called Wonderlust. Uh, and Wonderlust is just, it's the idea of being uh, consumed with a desire to travel uh, or having a strong desire to travel. And um, if I were not being a band conductor and professor and teacher, I would be probably doing like what Oliver does. Like I would probably have my own travel company or I would just get on a plane and <clears throat> just travel all year long if I could. Um, so uh, when I approached uh, Brandon Scott Rumsey, who's the composer of this piece, um, I, uh, I said, I, I just want something that's not literal. Um, and I just want you to, the, the best thing to do, by the way, for everybody out there, if you ever want to commission a composer is don't give them that many rules. Just say like, you know, you be creative and do your thing. But here's here's where I'm coming at it from. Like you just say, and I said, I love to travel. It's, it's if I weren't being a band director, I would be traveling all the time. And by the way, I have some really good woodwind players in my band. And I've got some really, like I got an all-state bassoonist this year and I've got a contra bass clarinet player. So can you write a good part for that? And and maybe like write a harp part because I think I've got a harp player this year. So anyway, um, Brandon and I just kind of found each other. At, he was a student at University of Texas with Jerry Junkin and um, he was a composition major there and he was finishing up his doctorate. And um, we just kind of, we, we met through social media, like that's the way people meet nowadays. And I said, would you like to write a piece for this, uh, to, to be the opener for my advance band in Sydney? And he said, absolutely. So we, we wound up starting a commission and uh, this piece Wanderlust is just absolutely gorgeous and I, I think the more advanced bands should play it it's it's really short um, it's very challenging there is minimal doubling and every single player is challenged at some point in the piece especially the woodwind section um, and I think the best way to describe it is in his own words um, and it's I'll just very briefly I just want to read you just really quickly uh, what he says about it um, this is Brandon's own words. He said, someone, I, I wish I could remember who, once told me that every time you leave the house lies an opportunity to be inspired. From that point on, I feel most invigorated at being out, anywhere really, wandering around and discovering something interesting and beautiful about whatever is around. Much of my music reflects an appreciation for the beauty and meaning held within the seemingly insignificant minutia that compose the magic of everyday life, and in terms of musical inspiration, Wonderlust comes from this place. In regard to the instrumentation, the wind ensemble remains one of the most profoundly influential aspects of my musical background. It is through my high school band that I found my way into composing. It is also through band that I developed my self-confidence and leadership skills as a teacher. And it's how I also have been able to travel the world and see places that I might have only dreamed of. It was on a world tour with the University of Texas Wind Ensemble that I decided to write Wonderlust imagining that it would be a love letter to the band genre, synthesizing the magic of wind ensemble, travel, discovery, and adventure through a colorful work that flows and morphs in continuous gesture from start to finish. You're likely sitting in this hall reading this program note for the many of the same reasons why I love wind ensemble music. And it's my hope that Wonderlust illustrates my own expression of this excitement. I love this piece. I think that everybody that has an advanced ensemble should play this piece. It's, it, it, it's, it's, it's worth the challenge. It's very challenging uh, for conductors too, because you have to line everything up and you've got to figure out how everything fits together. It's like putting a jigsaw puzzle together. So mm -hmm. here it is. <laughs> Well, beautiful words to sort of wrap up our program here tonight then as well. Um, uh, I struggle to kind of find a name for this week, for this month's program as well. And I think Wonderlust is is definitely, mm -hmm. uh, definitely what we're all feeling and what drove the uh, this program tonight as well. So here we go.
Jason, I I wish that more students had the opportunity to work with a band director like you that focus so much on uh, commissioning and travel and all these wonderful things and maybe just took a little bit of competition out of it, you know, playing for audiences, meeting new people, playing new music. Um, it, it really is. Um, it really is what we what we what we do band for, you know. Um, so uh, thank you for. Uh, sharing sharing that piece with us tonight, Jason. Thank you so and much. Thank you to everyone, J- Jason, John, and Gail, for uh, for sharing your programs with us tonight. I might just do one quick roundtable to see whether anyone would like to share uh, any other pieces that they feel kind of fit the genre, but that didn't fit into their tree uh, of tonight. And Gail, I know you always have a have a few pieces to 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 name. It's so hard when you ask us to do one. It's like, you know, walking, know. walking into a Barnes and Noble store and you can have one book, you know, I mean, that's, that's hard. Um, I, I, I do have a couple and um, I, you know, I have to say, John and Jason, thank you for bringing me into some knowledge of some brand new music that I can't wait to use in all of my ways that I'm going to do this in the next couple of years. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's why this is so great, Keith, that you do these kinds of things. Not only do we get to meet new people, but we get the opportunity to, to find new music. And there's no way we can all know all of the music that's being written in the world today. But this is fantastic. I'm writing notes constantly and saying, I want that piece for this group and this and this and this. So um, what a treasure both of you are, Jason and John, to get to know you. I really appreciate that. So, so kind of, yeah, thank you. Me too. Yeah. And, um, I would like to to mention, uh, I have three pieces really quick. One of them is called, uh, you'll all know it, it's called The Walking Frog uh, by Carl King. It's a lovely little circus march and uh, is one that I've used with middle school bands, but it's a circus march about clowns walking around and it's just a fun, fun piece that, and it's an old piece. Carl King is a great march composer for the middle school bands. I use it a lot because it teaches them that, that genre. Um, another one is a Percy Granger piece um, obviously walking tune, but the other one is Zanzibar Boat Song. And oh. if you know that piece, it is beautiful. And I've used it and it's, you have to have a very good like uh, vibes and keyboard player and oboe player. And it is a lovely, lovely piece. It's a grade four. And I happened to find it on something I was doing with a concert. And I really, I really, I mean, I wanted to do three, not just two on that one. And then the last one, I don't know if you know this composer. He is the uh, conductor of bands at Western Michigan University is Scott Borma. And if you know Scott, I knew Scott when he was in high school as a kid. And uh, he's from a Michigan person, obviously. But he wrote a beautiful suite called the Bora Bora Suite. And it, if you're looking for something very exotic and that has um, like conchs, um, shells where your French horn players play them and things of this nature. It is a beautiful work. It's a five plus work. Um, it, at least that's what he says. <laughs> and I have played it with my band called the Bora Bora Suite. And that would be another one if you're looking for something, as I said, very um, exotic and kind of a wonderful travel kind of piece. That would be something I would have you look into as well. And they're all published works, obviously. So Thanks, Keith, for letting me get in my candy store. Well, I always appreciate the the emails with just a, a ton of homework for me for the month then as well, for lots of new music to listen to uh, from, from Gail. So so thank you for all, all your suggestions, Gail. Uh, John, would you have any more pieces that you'd like to talk about briefly before we uh, before we wrap up tonight? Yeah, I just want to give a shout out to a couple or expose our listeners to a couple of uh, Australian works because I just came from there. I'm still... Uh, 
I'm a dual citizen now, so half my heart is in Australia still. But uh, these are really cool pieces. These are uh, great six pieces. Uh, one is On Again, Off Again by Jack Frere. It describes a ride on a New York City subway train. And uh, it's a really, really fun piece. Another one is called A Meeting of Trains, Planes, and Automobiles. And it's uh, by Victoria Fahm, who's a Sydney composer. It talks about various uh, things going on in the city in Sydney. And then, um, uh, let's see, there was one other. Oh, Burke and Will Suite is by one of Australia's uh, most famous um, current uh, 20th century composers uh, by, uh, he's by uh, Peter Sculthorpe. And it talks about two adventurers, uh, sort of like they're Lewis and Clark, that set out into the wilderness and mapped uh, Central Australia, and they came to a very tragic end. So there is that. And then uh, final two, my dear friend Kathy Lakuta wrote a great four-piece called Home Away From Home. Talks about oh, I was going to use that one, too. Very <laughs> talented, and it's, it's about expat life. And then the last one is called Shortcut Home by Dana Wilson. And I include these two because while we all love travel, um, really, there's no place like home. <laughs> True. That's funny, Jason. You were going to use that as well. So was I. I was. I was going to to, to mention it uh, as we 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 had programmed it for the Irish Symphonic Wind Orchestra uh, a month before the the world uh, <laughs> uh, uh, went upside down. Let's say, but that was actually a, a, a piece that you had commissioned, Jason. Isn't that right? Yeah, uh, we uh, Columbia University did that commission, and John did the first performance in Australia with his uh, group at Sydney. So, um, and we brought Kathy out for the first performance at Carnegie Hall in New York. Um, so that performance uh, was um, the uh, let's see, it was 2019. So it was just yeah, it was uh, it was it was not that long ago. It seems like so long ago, but yeah. <laughs> and that was the one. That was the other piece that if if I would have had four, I wanted to talk about it too. But I didn't want to talk about only pieces that I had commissioned. So it's like, <laughs> like, like, okay. like, yeah, I was like, You're great. yeah, Kathy Lakuta is a wonderful composer and Very wonderful human being. Yeah. yeah, and that that's a wonderful piece of music. The one the one that I wanted to add was a really traditional one, and I thought of it because I remembered playing it when I was in when I was an undergrad. Even University of Miami with Gary Green, my mentor there. Um, it's Thomas Knox uh, Sea Songs. Oh yeah, and it's um, yeah, and it's a traditional piece. Um, it has like old like bits of like Shenandoah and sea shanty kind of stuff in it, and it's uh, it just kind of you know. Now I was thinking, gosh, it's so you know. I have most of us. I think it's been all, like a year since we've been on a plane, and uh, I used to go on a plane every weekend. And uh, and I was thinking, gosh, uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll get on a boat. I don't know. And I you know, started started thinking about, but gosh, I, I haven't even I haven't even driven a car in a while, you know, because I live in New York. So get out your bicycle, uh, Jason. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but sea songs, great, great, great piece. Uh, it, it's a probably a five. It, it, it's a, it's pretty difficult. It's quite long. So uh, that that was that was one that was on my list of more traditional ones. So there's so much good repertoire out there, and it's so great that so many composers are writing for band. I always say this every time that I and we we probably all say this when we talk about band. The beautiful thing about our world is that we have all these talented people that are writing for it. And there are all these hidden gems out there. Um, I always say like, like Wonderlust, it's like, uh, it's like going to a little, little antique shop you know, that's owned by a mom and pop rather than going to Walmart or Kmart or, or whatever. Um, and we've got all these, these gems out there and all these talented people. So um, it's just a beautiful yeah. thing to see. <laughs> yeah. The other thing I, I wanna point out, like with all of us, so we've pulled some pieces out of the repertoire that have uh, not been played in a long time. And I think it's really cool to, to look back at our history and find some neat things that, that we can still incorporate alongside the beautiful new music that's being written. Absolutely.
Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you to uh, John, Jason, and of course to Gail. And Gail, congratulations and best of luck to you as you embark on your journey uh, as president of the Association of Concert Bands. Um, Gail, uh, how can people find out more about the Association of Concert Bands? You know, I I know it's it's an organization that we talk about quite a lot here on the podcast, um, but how can people find out more? Oh, it's really simple. You can just Google acbands.org and it'll come up with the website. And uh, it's, it's that, you know, that's where you find out things. And get a hold of me, Google my name, and I'm happy to talk to anybody. You know, my, my initials are GAB. So I love to talk. So, <laughs> <laughs> Jason, where can people find out about, uh, more about you and your work? Oh, a good question. I'm actually in the process of finally, this is one of the pandemic bucket lists, like, you know, like I'm actually going to finally update things. I'm, I'm finally updating my own website, jasonnoble.com. <laughs> so it's been, it's been dead for like six years because I've been so busy. Um, but there, there, there will be some new things coming out pretty soon that I'm, I'm going to be happy to announce. Um, so that, that will be forthcoming. And um, there's some interesting projects that I'm going to be doing uh, coming up with, with research. And I actually have a book that I'm, that I'm beginning to write uh, that I'm going to, it's called Teacher as Performer. Um, and it's uh, it's about how teachers, uh, how music teachers, what we can do and what we do already in the classroom and how it can inform what general education teachers do and how, how we creatively teach and what we do, what the right-brained lateral creative thinking that we do in the classroom can make the general classroom a better place. <laughs> and it has a lot to do with empathy and it has a lot to do with the way that we approach uh, teaching the whole being and uh, creating lifelong learning. So I'm excited about that. I'm, uh, I'm writing from now until October. Um, so um, more, more to come on that. So <laughs> Very cool. And, and I would love to talk to you more about that on the, on the Global Band, Band Room podcast as it unveils itself. Uh, very exciting. And John, where can people find more about you and uh, what you're going to be getting up to and some of this, uh, some of this composition work too, of course. Uh-huh. I think the best way is just to visit my uh, professional Facebook page, uh, John P. Lynch, uh, conductor, composer. And I, uh, Put all kinds of strange, interesting things there. But there's a couple of uh, little teasers about some of the new pieces coming up. So yeah, please come visit me. Yeah. Excellent. Thanks, John. Thanks, everyone. And a, a big shout out to my, um, I, I got. I guess they're more than my sponsors now at this point, Kaleidoscope Adventures. I'm part of their team now. And uh, that's incredibly exciting for me because it means for the first time in my career, I get to work directly with all of you amazing um, U.S. band directors, choir directors, orchestra directors, and organized travel around the world for them and and, and domestically around the U.S. And uh, Kaleidoscope Adventures is made up of a team of uh, musicians and music educators, too. So it's just a great bunch of people to work with, and I'm incredibly excited to be part of that new team. Um, Next week's episode of the Global Band Room podcast, when we talk about legends of the band world and of course i have three of them here with me tonight uh, but really and truly uh tim rainish uh, is my guest on next week's podcast um i interviewed him on thursday um he is so insightful so clever so honest so humble and the funniest band director so i've ever come across You're very funny. 
amazing so um yes please do if you ha- if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast it is worth doing it for that interview it is incredible uh, so much fun um the repertoire happy hour has its own playlist on spotify now so as uh, all of these guests are adding their music to our to our list you can go and listen and subscribe to this playlist and we'll just keep on adding the suggested music to it so as long as it's on spotify of course um and lastly before we finish up if you haven't already been there please go to the website globalbandroom.com you can find out all about this podcast all of the show notes all of the links to john's work jason's work gail's work all of the pieces that we featured as well as all the global band room and the documentaries finding drum corps and bandemic uh, so that's globalbandroom.com and if you can uh, go ahead and subscribe on apple or on spotify as well so thank you again to everyone and uh, have a great have a great thank day. you so much keith thank you so keith. great to see you everyone thank you. everybody thanks guys take care everybody thank you thank you, thank you. be well everybody bye